listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Rachel. Thanks for listening. Uh, We've been in a series called The Way, and on week three of The Way series, we've talked about uh, prayer. What does it look like to pray together in community? And there's some challenges that go with praying. I think sometimes we struggle with what prayer is supposed to look like in our own lives and how do we do that? And if there's some just barriers that make prayer feel a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is that over half of Americans say that they pray every day. And we also live in this post-Christian world where prayer is sometimes increasingly irrelevant, or it seems like it is. So we know it's a heartbeat of our faith, but what does it look like? It can be intimidating and not even just as a topic, but as a practice. So I actually sat down with uh, Tanner Smith, who's one of our worship leaders, and Rachel Fisher, who's our small groups associate, and Aaron Lutz, our East 96 campus pastor. And we just talked through some of those questions. What is prayer? Why do we do it? And how can we as a community engage in prayer together? Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful to have all of you in the room today. So prayer is a central aspect of our relationship with God. It's essential. Uh, But for a lot of people, those who are Christians and who aren't Christians, um, there's a lot of thought about prayer and talk about prayer, but it can still just be intimidating. We just, we, we all sort of know we need it. We talk about it a lot, but we don't necessarily know what it means. And we don't necessarily know how to engage in prayer. So let's just start with a really easy question or maybe a hard question, I don't know. But what is prayer? I mean, if you're talking to somebody who's sort of new to this conversation, um, how would you just describe what prayer is? I think the most simple definition is prayer is a conversation you're having with with God. So it's not anything uh, bigger than that. You're just talking to God who is your father. And so when Jesus prays, he addresses God as father, you're having a conversation with your father. Yeah, I think it can be overcomplicated in some aspects. I think you're right when it comes to people being intimidated. I've heard a quote um, from John Tyson that said that prayer is the final frontier of spiritual formation. So um, there is both a simplicity and a complexity to prayer in the same way as any final frontier. (laughs) Like if you think about you're going to a national park or something and you stand at the edge and you can see it, you can experience it, you can take a picture of it. But There's also this like journey to the center of it that is a completely, you know, uh, more immersive experience in what it is. Um, but you've experienced it both ways. So I think there's intimidation because again of the complexity, but at its most simple form, it's, it's, you know, being in the presence of God and communicating with him. I love the way we talk to the Creek kids about this. You know, we just give them the simple example that you wouldn't call someone your best friend if you never spend any time talking mm-hmm. to them. And so to make a relationship, a friendship with God, you're just talking to him. And I just love the way we simplify things for the Creek kids, I think is so clear sometimes that it can be helpful even to us adults. So I just always try and think of it in that way. Mm-hmm. That's good. So yeah, my so. five-year-old asked me the other day, he's like, dad, sometimes I forget to pray. He's like, but it's okay. God knows anyway. And <laughs> so we kind of had a similar conversation, but I was like, but it's a relationship though. So like, yeah, if you forget to pray, what if you forgot to talk to me for a whole day? Like you just walked around our house and just like, you acknowledged that I was there, but you said no words to me. It's like, 
it wouldn't be very fun. We wouldn't have as good of a relationship as we do when we get to talk. He's like, but daddy, I like talking to you. I'm like, buddy, I like talking Mm -hmm. to you too. (laughs) And God, your father loves to hear from you. And so it's okay if we forget to pray, but like God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to talk to him. That's good. So that's so helpful. And I think along those same lines, you know, like it's okay. God already knows what I want. Mm. A lot of adults and kids struggle with that because God's sovereign. He knows everything. You know, we believe that and we trust in that. So sometimes it feels like what's the, what's the point of praying if God's going to do whatever he's already ordained? Yeah. And I think that's, that's like a common misnomer that we have and not just about prayer, but about like the Christian life that because God is sovereign, then we're like off the hook. We're not in the picture. We don't have anything to bring to the table. But the Bible just shows us over and over again that God's work in this world is a combination of His sovereignty and our responsibility. Mm -hmm. So like, I think the easiest example that I can think of just off the cuff is um, the Great Commission. So it's the end of Matthew and Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's sending them out to do the work of sharing the gospel with the world. And it's not that Jesus is unawares that God is the one who's going to do the saving. He's aware that God is going to do the saving. And yet he gives responsibility to the disciples to go out and to make disciples and to Mm -hmm. baptize people and to share the truth of the gospel. And so, you know, we have responsibility and prayer is a part of that. Yeah. I think just with that, um, thinking about that in terms of the Great Commission is that, you know, Jesus calls people to participate in that, but he also empowers them to participate in that, right? We're given the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to help us to be on mission with Christ, to help, you know, make um, unchurched people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so prayer functions in the same way. We look at it, as we said earlier, it can be intimidating, but like when you start God meets you in that moment. The Holy Spirit can empower you for what you're called to do. Yeah, I would say, yes, God is sovereign, and yes, you're responsible in the way that you just put that, Rachel. We see that in the scriptures, right? Throughout the scriptures, when people pray, it matters. Mm-hmm. Like, it changes things that are happening. And so we're preaching through this in the series, the way, talking about prayer and community, and, and Bruce and others have used the example of, of like Exodus 17. M- Moses is up on the hill and directly impacts what's happening down on the ground. The battle's being fought. That still matters. But like what Moses is doing on the hill matters too. And when he lowers his hands, the tide turns. And so it's this example that prayer matters. But we see that throughout the scriptures. There's other examples where it says that, that God changed his mind. Now, did God actually change his mind? Is that a way that we've put in the scriptures? But like those prayers matter. The way that Moses prayed for his people mattered. The way that Jesus prays in the garden matters. The way that he calls us to pray matters. In James 5, when he says, the prayer of faith will save one who is sick, like those prayers matter. Mm -hmm. So yes, God is sovereign, but we get to partner with him. We have a responsibility and God does things when we pray. So, so God does things when we pray. He's responsive. This is part of, it's sort of a mystery, sovereignty and freedom, sure. but we also know that it's true because scripture says it's true. What, what is a little bit of um, the aspect of prayer that maybe isn't about asking God mm. for something to happen in this world? So what about just relationally, oh, yeah. you know, what about that aspect of prayer? Why do we pray? Why do we go before God just in relationship with him? So um, Jesus' disciples asked him, teach us how to pray. It's the only thing I asked him to teach him. Yeah. They didn't ask him like, hey, teach us how to heal people. Teach us how to like walk yeah. on water like that. It's the only thing they asked, like teach us to pray. Uh, and I, I think for one, they were inspired by the way that uh-huh. he did it. 
So mm. people want tools to do something after they're inspired yep. to do it. Uh, you don't typically want tools of something that you don't want to do. You don't have a project in the backyard. You don't, you don't borrow a saw, you know, and some wood to build something because you're like, well, I just have a saw and some wood. So I guess I'll build <laughs> something today. You think I want a patio, yep. you know, or like I want a new bench in the backyard. So I'm going to grab, I'm going to, I'm going to borrow, I'm going to buy, I'm going to whatever. I'm going to look in the garage, uncover the tools I need to do that. And uh, I think they saw Jesus pray and they were inspired by the way that he prayed. I think that there's a lot of um, richness and depth in what then Jesus said. Well, if you want to pray, pray like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Jesus gives the illustration of the Lord's prayer, uh, and that's in, what is that? Matthew, Matthew 6. six. Um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, everybody could, most people who have, been in church for any length of time could probably repeat that or whatever. But that prayer is really not a reactive prayer, which is most, a lot of our prayers, I feel like are are reactionary. I think um, there was a, an essay by Anne Lamott. She says, basically, here's prayer in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Help me. Help me. Help me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) And those are reactionary prayers like, oh, this happened. So now I need to pray or whatever. Um, but the prayer, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Definitely Somebody gets not, sick, right? like you want to pray for them or something happens in your life. But the prayer that Jesus illustrated disciples is much different than that. It's a proactive prayer. It's, mm-hmm. it's inviting God's kingdom to work. It's aligning yourself with this kingdom. Um, so I think, I, I think the, the way that I sort of think about that is, you know, how the gospel has sort of in some, in some ways, to some people can be reduced to just this transactional behavior, right? God saves me. So I get to go to heaven. Mm. Um, but then we realize that there's so much more to the gospel, our participation mm. in it. And so we think about um, in the same way, I think uh, prayer like the gospel can be misunderstood. It's not just about getting you into heaven, but getting heaven into you. Mm. And it's not just a, as much about a transaction as it is about a transformation. Just like the gospel prayer is not just about, um, what God wants to do for us, but what he wants to do in us. So there's, that's, that's, I feel like what Jesus illustrated with the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love thy will be done, thy kingdom come. Yeah. And I feel like those are oftentimes the flavor of my prayers that I am trying to remind myself that it is God's will that I want done because God is the one who is wise and mm-hmm. kind and powerful and generous and, and just, I want his will, not my own. Yeah. And so I feel like that is, yeah. And But I need to be reminded, right? Because really I want my own will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want Rachel's will on Rachel's timeline, the way Rachel would do it. But I know that the better way is God's will. That's part of the question that you ask us is like, what about the relational aspect of that? Like when we pray for God's will and his kingdom to come, uh, we're He's shaping that in us, right? Mm. That might not be our desire when we start to pray it, but it becomes our desire as we pray it. And so sometimes like the answer to our prayer isn't that God gives us everything that we want. It's it's God using the using prayer itself to shape us into who he wants mm-hmm. us to be. Mm-hmm. And so that our father in heaven, that's acknowledging the relationship, my position and his position. He's the father. I'm the son dependent on the father. There's an aspect of worship to that. Talking about how would be your name. Like that's a relational component. I'm relating to God in my worship, not in just, not just in my asking. Uh, there's a submission level to that of like your kingdom come, your will be done. 
Uh, so there's a lot more in that prayer, the model prayer that Jesus gives us than just asking. In fact, mm-hmm. he doesn't start asking for things until way down in the prayer, right? Yeah. Give us our, this day our daily bread, asking for forgiveness, but also there's, there's other components relationally to that. So it's okay to ask, Certainly. but even in, the, even in the practice of asking, your heart's being transformed yep. mm. and your expectations just change along the way. Yeah. That's what it sounds like y'all are saying. Yeah, because think about even the things that he asked for. So bread has this implication of like of God's provision. Mm-hmm. So you start thinking about generosity and who we're supposed to be as the people mm-hmm. of God. There's like an identity there. So you're asking for something, but you're also sort of solidifying and reminding yourself of who you are in the gospel. Yeah. Or you think about forgiveness, you know, forgive us our sins. Well, you begin to think about redemption and humility and like giving up your rights, which sort of brings you back to gospel centrality. Again, mm-hmm. it like does something, a work of transformation in you. And then, you know, lead us far from, or not into temptation. It's like, there's this, uh, this idea of, of resistance, this idea of, you know, God's deliverance, ultimately like trusting that God is a good God who's not going to lead us into, into temptation. So it's not just, it's even in those prayers of asking, it's not just asking God for these specific things. Although again, that's not wrong to do, but it's the shaping spiritual formation of yourself to change you more into the image of Christ. Paul Miller uh, wrote a book called The Praying Life. And it is one so movie. good. It's so good. We <laughs> recommend that to a lot of small groups. But the, the big emphasis of that book is like, you should pray and relate to God like you're a child. He's like, and there's nothing wrong with asking because children ask you for stuff all the time. Yeah. And there's no level of like regret or I've got to earn that in order to ask that. It's like, no, your child knows the relationship he has, that child has with you as a, as a parent. And they just ask simply because they have the relationship already established. And so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking. That's not the only part of our prayer, but certainly a huge part of our prayer. Well, I think that, you know, you're talking about gospel centrality and being in this family where God is our father. I think that sometimes we forget, even as Christians, the amazing thing that it is that we can go before the God of the universe, Mm. who, like we said, is sovereign, who is above all the creator um, in this intimately personal way. Mm. And it's because of Jesus. So just Walk me through that a little bit. How, how does, you know, who Jesus is and what he's done, this gospel centrality, how, how does that uh, affect how we're even able to pray? Yeah, I think that again, thinking about that humility aspect and just grace, right? We, we come boldly, scripture says, but, but it's before a throne of grace. So there's mm-hmm. a humility of like, I didn't do anything to earn this position before you, but at the same time, because you've called me to do it, I'm going to do it boldly. I'm going to ask for bold things. I'm going to cry out to you. I'm going to come to you with a, with a confidence, not because, you know, I, I worked my way up to the top of this, you know, ability to talk to you, but because you extended grace to a beggar to sit at the table and have a conversation with the King. Mm -hmm. Is the illustration that Paul Miller uses the one about the child who has the audacity to wake their parent Uh at three o'clock in the morning to ask for a glass of water? Yeah. And, and that mm. that is how we should relate to God. That's exactly what you're saying, Tanner, yeah. that like the kid doesn't think twice about waking their parent, yeah. you know, but it's because of what the parent has done to show that kid safety and, mm. and love that the kid believes that this is possible. Yeah. My kids definitely don't think twice about waking <laughs> their parent. <laughs> Thinking about praying as a child, in fact, my 18-month-old, her most, most recent development of a prayer is, or maybe she's, she might be closer to like 20 or 22. I don't know how she was. I don't count lifetime and months <laughs> but she says jesus and mama 
Amen. <laughs> so there's simplicity. And that's that, enough. Yeah, that's yeah, enough. Take care of her. You she, know but she only ever do. prays for mama, so I'm not sure I'm, how important <laughs> I am to her. I think it's really helpful because you guys, you guys are talking about Jesus as the model for prayer. You know, he prayed in the morning and, and his, he, so much his disciples asked him. Mm-hmm. And then he taught us about prayer. And then he's the one who mediates our prayer. Yeah. You know, he's the one who, he's why we're adopted in the family, why mm-hmm. we can go before the throne. And that's just amazing. That's why we pray in Jesus' name, yeah. Yeah. which I think sometimes we just sort of throw that in and we forget it's part why of we're doing that. That's yes. what I got to say before I say amen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right, right. Um, yeah. But there's a reason why the church does that. Right. Right. So what about y'all personally? Um, what What's an example of just in your own personal prayer lives of whenever you just know like this was when you saw it, because we don't always see what God is doing. Yeah. But when you've seen, I know this was an answered prayer from God. I, I almost have to ask a follow-up question to that question in terms of like... <laughs> Wait a second. Only I ask questions. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. My bad. I learned my place. I want to hear your responses though, Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but what, what do we mean by answering? The reason I say that is because I think some oftentimes if we're thinking of prayer transactionally, then we think, okay, I asked for this thing, or I asked for the glass of water in the middle of the night, and then God gave me the glass of water. Um, but I, I'm sure we could, each of us could say that there have been things that we've prayed for where we didn't see an immediate like um, fixing of a problem or solution to the problem, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, but we still feel like in some capacity God answered that prayer. So I could, in other words, I could think of uh, both. Um, I've had, you know, moments where I've prayed for protection. So for instance, my six-year-old, whenever he was five, had brain surgery. And I prayed earnestly, you know, for the hours of time that he was in brain surgery, that God would protect him and not that he would not develop any, you know, kind of damage from that surgery that would then be long lasting. And God protected him. The brain surgery, however, was to help alleviate headaches that he was having, and he still has headaches. So there's there's an answer in there in terms of, yeah, God protected my son, and I'm grateful that he answered my prayers. But there's also an answering in there of him saying, I'm also entrusting you with a with a trial, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to continue to seek me in. And um, I don't think either one of them is not an answer, I guess, is my yeah, question. No, I, <laughs> was that a question? <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think we think about answered prayer and we think about, I got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, again, pointing back to like what I want is God's will because mm-hmm. God's will is, is what is good and wise and best. And, um, yeah, so I, I have just like a really tangible example. My husband and I married at 30. So we were both single adults who lived by ourselves and did life however we wanted to for, you know, 10 years after college. We had uh, things we did certain ways and things we liked. And so it was just there was a lot of friction, you know, when we combined households add on to that, that he and I are just very different personalities. So we would probably do things normally, even if we hadn't had, Mm. you know, those 10 years. And I feel like God has been (laughs) kind of not smart alecky, but, but sweet to me in his, um, just his clever way that like often as I've prayed things like, Hey, make my husband do this or make my (laughs) husband not do that. You know, that, that the answer has been that God has changed my heart about that, you know, and God has made me love that my husband would respond that way when that's never what I would do in that situation and, and, and grown me to appreciate the ways that we are different. And, you know, we've been married five years now. So like both of us have changed over time, but also like God has changed me in the way I respond to my husband. It always hasn't been, you know, that God changed my husband's actions or attitudes or something like that. Yeah. 
I think answers to prayer, like asking for God's will in big moments, right? Like, so for me, like discerning not only a call to ministry, but a call to like where God would have me, you know, leaving seminary, we had different options and we were praying like, God, make it really clear to me and Bethany, like where we're supposed to go next. And the ways that God answered those prayers were different ways than I thought that he would. So like, I... I prayed uh, that God would align mine and Bethany's heart. And at first, y'all, I'll be honest, she did not want to come to Clear Creek Community <laughs> Church. Like, we love Bethany. Clear Creek. She loves them now. But then it was my hometown and not hers. And so mm-hmm. we prayed about that together. And I just saw God change her heart in a way that was really significant. Like, I couldn't have come here if that wasn't what God did. And so seeing that was a really tangible way that God uh, answered prayer. Or when I pray about like protection and provision, and then God answers that in a way that I would never have thought. Like, mm. uh, even like little things like, this is silly, but like government stimulus checks. Like, mm. who two years ago would have thought that would have been a thing? Yeah. Right. And then God provides the exact dollar amount you need for that next bill or something that's coming up. And it's like, only God can do that. Um, and so, seeing ways that God provides is other ways of, of seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, answers prayer or prayers answered. I love y'all's examples because they're, they're all of them are about um, God really giving you answers to prayer that you can see that are tangible sometimes, but, Mm -hmm. but mostly about how he's transforming your heart and the people in your life, which is, that's that relational aspect that you guys are talking about. Yeah, Yeah, because I, I think, and we could sit here and tell lots of stories of like, solved problems, if you will, or answered prayers in that totally. aspect. Like, yeah. I mean, I think each of us could. I, I remember times like he's saying that we had plumbing break underneath our house one time and it was like, okay, that's got to be, you know, $7,000 or something crazy. And we're just like, we do not, it's not going to, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then. Um, and, uh, and then like randomly a check for $5,000 just shows mm-hmm. up and you're like, and then, you know, somebody else gives you, and you're just like, how did this? So I think we could say those, but Problem is for for the listener if they're like, man, I've been praying for God to answer yeah. my prayers for a long time and He's not showing up. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that we have to remind ourselves is just because our problem hasn't been solved, it doesn't mean that God isn't using whatever the situation is to help bring His kingdom into the world, mm-hmm. which is ultimately the point of prayer. I think about um, amongst my top five. So I've had two people that I've been able to cross over, cross off over the years, and so that's really sweet. Um, but the person on the top of my top five has been there since the beginning, since mm. I had a top five, yeah. you know, and I, um, you know, from a practical perspective, I think that I will be praying for this person until, you know, the day arrives that I can't pray anymore or that, it, you know, that mm. person has passed and it's not worth praying for them. But I mean, yeah, it, it's not, God hasn't answered that in opening this person's heart and, and drawing them to himself but God has transformed the way I interact with this person yeah. over the years by just continuing to bring me to my knees to be praying for this specific mm-hmm. person's salvation. That's awesome. Yeah. So y'all, if praying is not only about asking um, and it's about relationship and transformation, but we also can ask, this is a simple question, but I think it's a real one. What do we pray about? What should we pray for? Maybe we could just list what we should not pray for, and then it'll be (laughs) just much quicker. (laughs) You can pray for any, literally anything, and God invites us to pray for everything. Yeah, you know, in in every situation that we find ourselves um, in, and just in every attitude that we find ourselves in. There's, it's so you know, go back to the analogy that we talked to the Creek kids about about that prayer is you know forming a relationship and spending time with your friend. What are the list of things that you wouldn't talk to your friend about? Mm, Right, like nothing. 
You, mm-hmm. Everything should be on the table there. I think even just following Jesus' model prayer, we would say that's not formulaic, but Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And so things in that, we've already talked about some of this, but worship and submitting to God's will and asking for provision and asking God to forgive you and help you forgive others and ask God to keep you from temptation. I mean, those are simple things that God has told us we should pray about uh, and we should pray for those things often. Uh, Confession is another way that we pray and we should pray often. Uh, there's, There's a lot of things. Yeah, I think for those maybe that are listening that are her like, okay, I don't really, you know, we said earlier, prayer is intimidating. I don't really have much of a prayer life, so to speak. I talk to God occasionally, but I don't really know what to talk about. I think you start with the things that are important to you that are on your heart. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about how it's not a, just about a transaction. It's about, you know, transformation and about this relationship. But again, uh when you are passionate about something, whether that's a family member or a job or anything like that, then God cares about that. If God cares about you, then he cares about that. And so he cares for you to bring that to him and lay it all out on the table. You don't have to feel like you have to have this perfectly polished, well, am I going through the right channels of, you know, doctrine and theology? Like you need to know God's not afraid of your your prayer and the mm-hmm. things that are on your heart, even if maybe they're... Uh, not even at the time righteous or holy ambitions. Yeah, can like, you be angry? Can you, yeah. can you oh. pray yeah. when you're frustrated? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or do you have to be in a, a, a very spiritual place whenever you no. begin? Yeah, so think about like how you feel when you pray. Like, is there a certain way I'm supposed to feel? Dude, read the Psalms. David felt and the, you know, the authors of the Psalms felt what they felt and then they took that to God. So when they felt angry, they were angry in prayer. And when they felt you know, glad and cheerful. They were glad and cheerful and joyful in their prayers. And so there's not a specific way you have to feel. You have to be sincere and honest about where you are and then take that to the Lord in prayer. And speaking of the Psalms, oftentimes you read the Psalm and it starts off with this, you know, anger, angry rant Mm -hmm. or this grief and sorrow. And then, yeah. yeah, And then by the end of it, there is, because that person decided to not just deal with that on their own, but take those things and lay them out, you know, before the Lord there's a sort of softening of, of heart that happens. You see actually a change in the motif of that, you know, uh, of that Psalm that by the end of it, there's this like resolve of like, I trust you God, or, or at least like, I will try to trust you. You know, I believe who you are. You know, I, I believe in your character and that you're good. I have a great example of that. Um, in my last job, I was, um, just randomly, one week told that uh, they would be doing an audit of my project like the the following week. And I got like zero direction on exactly what that audit would include, you know, but I was told I have to talk to for a certain amount of time and it would be, you know, at a very specific time that these higher ups were going to come and look at my project. And then I had something else also out of my control scheduled, of course, mm. at a very similar time. And so I'm going to the other thing and I'm I'm at the other thing and I get a call from the audit people and they're like, you're on. It's been fast all morning like you're on. And so I have to leave this other meeting that's not at my behest to go to this audit that, you know, I can't possibly do a good job at because I don't know what a good job is. And and I haven't, you know, I'm just frustrated, right? I was just extremely frustrated. I took a lot of pride. I still take pride. I took pride in my work at this job and, and you know, I really wanted to do a good job. And 
So I'm driving from meeting to meeting and I start with this like angry prayer to God, right? Where I'm like, this is so ridiculous. If these people knew what I have going on, you know, because I don't have time for this audit anyway. So I'm just like venting and giving him like my full out. And I'm like, surely like gripping the wheel, death grip, whatever. And, and I can just feel like God softening my heart. And he just says to me, it's not about you. Like your, your whole life, but like even this audit about your project, like you should seek first the kingdom. Mm. You should make my name great. And if you walk in there and you tell them that this is just, you know, ridiculous that they've called you out of this other meeting and you couldn't possibly do a good job and you just like appropriately lay into them, what is that going to do for God? Yeah. Like, how is that going to show them God? And so instead, I just like over and over again, I'm saying to myself, it's not about me. It's not about me. And like my steering wheel grip is like loosening and I get mm-hmm. there and I do the audit. And of course, like a week later, I get this email from like my boss's boss's boss, you know, that's like, hey, I heard that you were the best audit of the whole day. <laughs> what awesome. did you do? You know, and it was like, man, if you had talked to me 10 minutes before the audit, you would not have thought that. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, it was exactly that because I wasn't afraid to say to God at the beginning, I can't do this. I'm yeah. so frustrated. Like, and he just met me in it and showed me, you know, just a simple truth that I knew. I know it's not about me. I know it's about him, but he needed the reminding in the moment. Wow. That is a great It's. I love story. that story. Like I, I remind myself often that like God can handle my yeah. anger. Yeah. I don't need to figure it out and mm-hmm. then come to him. I can bring it to him. Which people think all the time, right? Like I've got to clean myself up before I can go to Lord in prayer. I got right. to clean myself up before I go to church. It's like, man, God's, God can handle your anger. God yeah. can handle where you're at emotionally. Um, but I like what you said about the Psalms, like he shapes us in that by the end of that Psalm, there maybe is a different emotion than you expected coming into that prayer. Uh, we're reading life together right now by Bonhoeffer as a part of the series. And man, he has a lot to say about using the Psalms, not only to like teach you how to pray and what to pray for, but your emotion in that prayer as well. Mm -hmm. Like the Psalms is the prayer book of the Bible. Uh, so it's not just the Lord's prayer in Matthew six, but like, go read the Psalms, see how David prayed and learn to pray like David prayed. Mm -hmm. Well, and not just even to read through them, but to pray through through them. them. You can take, you know, just sentence at a time and just turn that, turn each one of those sentences into your own prayer to God, internalize that and make that, you know, your words to God. And that's, if you don't know where to start, that is a great place to start. You're Mm -hmm. like, I still, I, maybe you're somebody that's like, I don't know how to, you know, get my emotions out very well. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a, that is somewhere where you can start, take someone else's words, someone else's emotions and let those prayers be your own. So what else do you guys have just as far as um, practical advice goes. So for someone who's like, I really want to have a rhythm of prayer in my life. Mm. I want this. I know I need it, but um, I don't know what that looks like. So you've talked about where you can go in the Bible, talked about what we can pray about. And I just want to say to you, one of the things I love about y'all's stories, all of them, is that there's this combination of you can go to God with anything in any state but prayer itself is a posture of humility mm-hmm. because all of, by, just by going to God in prayer, you're humbling yourself before him. And then all of your stories about him transforming you into more humble people. So I just thought that was amazing. That's what everyone's story is. But how, how do you get there? How do you actually do it day in and day out? Yeah, so I want to like address the beginner, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to assume that anyone has any level of experience or anything like that. I came to faith as an adult. So 
you know, I have a memory of being alone in my apartment and deciding the very first time, like, I'm going to talk to myself here, you know, like out loud, I'm going to pray to God and it's going to be super awkward. Um, And I just think we forget that everything that we do in our lives, every skill we have in our job, every hobby that we participate in, we were at a place where we didn't know anything about it once Mm -hmm. and we started. All right, we started and we we asked people to come alongside us and show us things and sometimes we fell on our faces, but you know, over time we grew in, you know, skill or ability or whatever through practice. And so I think, you know, it's 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 just it's not complicated to just start mm-hmm. and practice and allow yourself to be awkward and uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. keep coming back to prayer. One of the things I've heard Bruce say that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you can do it better. Yeah. So prayer is one of those things, right? And he he used the example of like kissing. Take kissing. You're pretty bad at that when you started, (laughs) but it was worth doing. So you keep doing it, right? Uh, But prayer is one of those things. Uh, You talked about just practical things that we do to have rhythms of prayer. So for me, I think there's both a uh, a solitude, a personal time of prayer, and then there's a corporate time of prayer, things when I I do with other people. So, I mean, I carve out mornings before my kids wake up and my kids wake up early. And so that means that I've got to wake up earlier than them, beat them up so that I can carve out time. I'm not going to beat them up. I'm going to beat them. (laughs) I'm going to wake up before them. I'm glad we caught that. Yeah, this is really important. Uh Uh, But I wake up way before them. I establish a time and a certain place that I can spend alone with the Lord and and pray. And so for me, my mind wanders. I have to write things out. So I usually write in bullet form the things I'm praying and then just pray. And then as my mind starts to wander, I write down the next bullet point and I pray through those things. So for me, I, I... when I read the scriptures, I journal through those things. I am hearing from the Lord and then I pray and I write down those prayers. And then I can go back in my journal and see the ways that God is answering prayers, uh, even the, the days to come. It's like the scripture that I read the next day is an answer to a prayer that I just prayed mm-hmm. the day before and to see those patterns because I've established a time and a place I'm going to do that alone mm-hmm. with the Lord. I may be a little bit easily distracted. <laughs> um, and so I have to put myself in situations where I won't be. Yep. So obviously we could all say that our phones are like massive distractions to us. And so you have to have a lot of self-restraint if you have it near you to not pick it up and look at something that yep. you've been meaning to look at or that com- comes to your mind. I think one of the things that, a couple of things that are helpful is is being in a place of solitude. Like yep. whether that's... Uh, for me, like my front porch, you know, there's early in the morning, there's nobody out mm-hmm. there. There's nothing going on. Um, and then if something comes into my mind of like, oh, I forgot to do this, or I need to do this today or whatever, you need to have a place like you just said in terms of writing to be able to write down a note to yourself for later mm-hmm. so that you're not feeling the urge to stop in the middle of your time of prayer and go, well, let me just do this really quick. Yep. Because prayer, like any conversation, is a flow. I mean, we've been sitting here for however long having conversation, and it's it's been building and developing, and we've been more and more encouraged along the way. And imagine what happened if you took a phone call in the first five minutes, and you had to answer a text, and you're answering an email. Like, we're just not completely here present. Yep. Um, another thing for me when it comes to distraction is if I just pray um, in my head, which I, ha- I have to do in certain situations, because otherwise I would, I mean... Maybe I'm just self-conscious, but I'd be the weird guy who's just talking out loud mm-hmm. to himself. <laughs> um, so it's not wrong to do that. But when I do that, my thoughts wander a lot. If I can pray, if I can be in a situation where I can pray out loud 
I feel much more like I'm I'm following a train of thought, even like the Holy Spirit is leading me because um, words trigger words that trigger words. And it's just, to me, practically, I've noticed in just in the last few years that I think praying out loud is way more uh, helpful to me than mm-hmm. praying silently, if you will, in my head. Um, and then I think just in terms of uh, what, what we've been talking about in terms of relationship with God and 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 sort of partnering with him in his mission through prayer. One of the things I started doing years ago that's been really helpful for me is just asking God a question because it's really good to pour out your heart before the Lord. And we want to pour out, you know, make our requests known to God as the scriptures say. Um, but I think there's also something to be said for, for listening to the Holy spirit in those mm-hmm. times of prayer. So one of the questions that I often ask, whether it's, more generic and open-ended or whether it's about a specific situation or person, I'll ask God, what are you doing uh, in the life of this person? And how can I be a part of that process? Mm -hmm. Or what are you doing around me today? Like just more open-ended, what are you doing around me and how can can I be a part of that? And oftentimes God will bring someone to mind Mm -hmm. or bring a situation to mind, or at least now I'm hopefully more aware of it throughout the day. Um, Because that's like, I imagine that's, you know, Jesus spending entire nights of prayer up in the hills and then coming down in the morning. Like he, at at a certain point, he ran out of the names of his disciples (laughs) to pray for. Like this prayer request, he had emptied them all out, Mm. you know, but I think there's an element of him just saying like, all right, what do you have for me today? Mm -hmm. And so that's practically just a question I like to ask. I like that. What should I ask you for? What do I, what do I need? What am I going to be involved in that I don't even realize you know, is ahead of me that I should be inviting you into already. Yeah. That's cool, Tanner. I like that. And for well, the beginner, I'm sorry. I was just saying, for the beginner, like, ask God to teach you to pray. Ask him to, like, yeah. guide that conversation. Like, if you don't know where to start, like, God, teach me to pray. I don't even know where to go. Mm-hmm. Teach me. One thing I think is um, really great about this conversation is you can see how um, all of these different disciplines, these aspects of the Christian life that we're talking through in the way are all connected. Mm-hmm. They're not each separate things you do as a Christian. Sometimes solitude and studying the Bible and prayer, they're all intimately connected. We, we need all of them together and we need them all in community. Mm-hmm. We have to do them with one another. So I think for some people, um, praying alone is intimidating enough, but you're going to ask me to walk down to that stage and tell someone what's going on and have them pray over me, or you're going to ask me to pray out loud in group. So just talk to me a little bit about that aspect. Why does that matter? Why can't this just be private in my, in my closet at home? Yeah, I think we, um, we need other people to pray for and with us because we persevere in prayer and we pray together. And that's something we're going to talk about in the series, but like, uh, we get tired. Our, our, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak and we need other people to come alongside of us and carry the burden with us. And so um, James 5 talks about like, uh, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. And the, the thought is pray together. If anyone's, because there's among you, right? If anyone's cheerful, let him sing praises, which is an act of prayer. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. I mean, it's this community aspect that we do these things together. And then it, in verse 15, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. 
Um, it talks about the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. It's not just like a priest or a pastor. It's like people who are in right standing with God, uh, when they pray for you, it matters. And so uh, it's not something you have to do on your own. There definitely is a corporate aspect to something that we do together um, and it matters. We persevere in prayer. It, it changes things when we pray for each other. I'm going to ask a Sunday, like a, I almost said Sunday school, but I'm going to ask a children's <laughs> church question. Who, who is our faith centered around? Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. <laughs> always Jesus. <laughs> Safe bet. It's Jesus like, or yeah. sin. Yeah. Right? Unless, you're, <laughs> unless you're in junior high ministry, then it's either Jesus or Xbox. It's one <laughs> um, yeah. So our faith is centered around Jesus. He's our, he's our sort of common ground our common denominator, so to speak. That's who we, who we love, who we, we worship, who we enjoy, who we pray to on our own. So if you think about any other common um, interest, you know, we like the same musician or we like the same movie actor, you know, or whoever, uh, we can talk about him and it sparks our relationship. Mm -hmm. It builds us closer to one another. Um, but now imagine we have lunch with that person together. What would that do to our relationship? Mm-hmm. So you can talk about God all day long together and it does something for your relationship with someone to, to knit you closer to the people of God. But now imagine that you go to him and have a conversation together. What does that do to your relationship with God? Mm-hmm. The, the depth of your relationship with one another is now exponentially increased because you've now been into his presence with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, m- when my husband and I were dating, I kept a journal um, just to help me process through things. And um, I will never forget writing about the first time that he prayed for me and for us out loud and just the sweetness to mm-hmm. my soul that it was to hear, you know, this man say my name to to our God. And it was just... and and. I mean, that still exists in my marriage. It's still such a gift to hear him say my name and our son's name, mm-hmm. you know, to God. But it's not just in my marriage. You know, it's also in my small group. We do a, a Monday morning prayer meeting at the office, you know, and it's sweet when I share something that's going on in my life to hear someone else say yeah. my name to God. It's just, and and I love that because that's the way God created me. He yeah. created me to find that to be sweet. Mm. I was in small group with someone He's 35 years old, and I prayed for him. And he said, that's the first time I've ever heard someone pray my name to God. Oh. And that's a powerful thing for people. Wow. When you call their name out to God, like, and it was really impactful for him. And now he's like, I see the importance of praying for other people and praying their name out loud to God. And so it's a great gift to give each other when we pray for each it's other. It's a good gift. I mean, it makes me think about Yancey's um, sermon, or actually whoever preached that sermon, <laughs> about, um, about studying the Bible and how it's y'all. Always, you know, um, we're addressed as the community of God's people and that's how we pray too. So whether we're praying for people, but to the power of someone praying over you and the privilege of praying for someone else, Mm -hmm. it is a good gift. And it makes you realize really this family that you really have been adopted into through Jesus. It's an incredible thing. You know, I think also it exercises your faith. I can think about, um, a couple that I know that tried for years to have a child and they couldn't. And in small group, one day we, we gathered around them, put our hands on them, prayed for them that they could, um, that they could, you know, get pregnant and have a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was a, it was an emotional moment. You felt the tightness of community and the closeness of one another. But then whenever a few months later they got pregnant, 
it was this moment of like, holy cow, we, <laughs> we prayed for that. Like our faith was strengthened because we, we persevered in prayer together. And in that moment, everybody had, all of us had been praying for that couple. Right. But we, we look back to that moment of when we prayed together and what that did. Yeah. Well, and think of in that moment, the burden that you divided for them. Yeah. I mean, like you just said, like, mm-hmm. it's not that they thought that they were in group with you for a long while and no one was praying about it, but there could be no denying at that moment that the burden that they had of conceiving and, and bearing a child was one that was shared yeah. by your group. Totally. Absolutely. So as part of um, wanting to be a community that prays for one another, that uh, grows in our faith and that's formed more into the image of Jesus and all the things you guys have been talking about. Here at Clear Creek, we actually are beginning um, a prayer grid so that we can all as a family engage in prayer together. So Tanner, you've been really involved in it. Can you just tell me a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a, pr- a church-wide prayer initiative. And the hope is that we as a church can spend four weeks praying together over similar topics and um, and you know different prayer prompts and written prayers and praying through the scriptures and all those different things. So uh, anybody, whether you're just now kind of starting off in your relationship with God or in, or in uh, in prayer itself, or if you've been a you know a believer, follower of Jesus for years and years, and you feel like you know you already spend an hour a day in prayer or whatever it is, anybody can participate. You go to clearcreek.org, you click prayer. Um, and you fill out the time of day and which days you want to pray. So if you already have a rhythm of prayer, you could literally just fill that in there. But what happens is then you know as you commit to that, you're praying alongside of believers all over the Bay Area who are connected to you through the the body of this local expression of the church. And you're receiving the same prayers and prayer prompts to, you know, maybe they just help kickstart or or sort of guide your own prayer time, but you're praying some of the same things as the, as the people of God that are all around you, even probably in your neighborhood and Mm -hmm. different things like that. So it's, it's a, it's a method of unity um, that's hopefully going to help deepen our, our culture of prayer at Clear Creek. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so excited about it. I have great expectations, not only for how it affects our church, but just to see what God does. Because well, he does answer prayer and he is involved and I really think it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. And I'm really grateful for Clear Creek Resources and the partnership we have together because you have even been a huge part of helping and, re, you know, helping resource some of those prayers and prompts. And so it's really a team effort across the board. And so and I think awesome. wherever people are, they can participate, right? So like, one, this is a way to serve the church by praying for the church, but it's also a way to like for people to learn how to pray. Like we're going to give you prompts mm-hmm. and ways to do this. And so if you're just beginning in prayer or if you've been praying for a long time, both of those uh, are a good way for you to jump into the grid. Yeah, I, I can think of an, an example of that. Say you're a young mother and you're like, man, I don't know when I'm going to find time to do that. Uh, we break it up into three parts of the day and mm-hmm. you can choose one of the seven days a week. So if you have 10 minutes after you put your kids to bed, you can say, okay, I'm choosing that on Thursday night or on yep. Tuesdays and Thursday nights or whatever, I'm going to choose the evening um, and just I'm going to spend 10 minutes after I put my kids to bed to pray through one of those prompts. And some of them are, are, are a little bit more deep. Some, most of them are, are very simple yep. entrance mm-hmm. kind of points into your, your relationship That's with cool. God, your prayer life. Excited about that. Well, we just want to um, pray for our church as we um, are finishing up this series when we're talking about living in community and following Jesus and growing together as a church. And as we start this prayer grid, uh, we just want to take a second 
And um, wh- wherever you are, whoever you are listening, we're so grateful that you are listening, that you um, are exploring faith or trying to deepen your faith, uh, wherever you are. We just want to take a second and pray for you. And we want to ask you, if you're a committed follower of Jesus here, just to pray for our church, pray for everyone else who's listening, because we are all together in this. And uh, so, Aaron, do you mind just praying for us? Sure. I'd love to. Uh, Father, you are really good, and I thank you for a time to have a conversation, but God, I thank you for the person that's listening to this right now. God, I pray uh, that this impacts uh, not only their day, but the way that they think about prayer, the way that they approach you in relationship, the way that they ask without any abandon, um, but just come to you as their father. And so, God, I pray uh, for the day that is ahead of them. Uh, God, would they walk with you and would prayer be consistently on their mind? Would they acknowledge your presence throughout the day, not just in a a carved out time? Uh, And God, together, uh, we pray for your church. We pray for the people of Clear Creek, that God, you would shape us and mold us to look more like your son, Jesus, but more like the church that you've called us to be. And so, uh, Father, you want to do great things, things beyond what we even know to pray for. And so, God, we ask that you would do them in our midst. We pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in this 4B area as it is in heaven. That is our desire. And so, God, we want to see you move. Uh, We thank you for Jesus, for his death and resurrection. We love you and we trust you. And we pray all this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you guys all just for being here. This was so fun. I'm super grateful for all three of you. You're a good gift. Um, And I'm really excited about our prayer grid. If you're listening again, you can go to clearcreek.org and it's on our prayer page. And we're just excited to come alongside you and pray with you um, through this next month. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We have lots of really fun episodes coming this fall and you really don't want to miss them. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for listening.